It is the Love Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He is Andy. And, uh, you know, look, I want chaos in March Madness. I ask for chaos every year. We've gotten less chaos in the past, you know, few games here, past few days. I'm still kind of optimistic that craziness might happen, but I don't I don't know. I, I feel like the pickings are getting a little slim. How are you feeling, first, A, I guess, Andy, about your bracket, and then also maybe about the general state of the tournament? Is this turning out to be as fun a tournament as, you know, again, accepting Ohio State's loss, but uh, is this as fun a tournament as advertised, at least after the first weekend, or has it kind of returned to normalcy and is just a tournament? Hey, so to, to let me answer the the part about my bracket first. Uh, it okay. is it is exactly what I expect uh, every year, which is that it's m- maybe marginally better than absolute crap, but not much. <laughs> yeah. I would say I'm looking at the Eleven Warriors bracket challenge, which I hope uh, um, everyone participated in. I'm uh, ranked 580th Ooh. out of the more than 1,200 users. I don't know what the exact number is, but more than 1,200. So you know maybe about i think uh, i'm in the 55th percentile or somewhere in that that that, that range so mm-hmm. you know, yeah 50 50 59th percentile <laughs> yay uh looking at the actual bracket in case you were wondering how well i'm doing so remaining in the tournament of the elite eight teams i got gonzaga and baylor uh that was pretty good okay. and believe it or not my my third elite eight team is is uh that team up north mm uh now i i did have them uh advancing into the final four so i have a shot at having half the final four right believe it or not i took the buckeyes of ohio state a fine team that is no longer in the tournament <laughs> over baylor in so the i've heard eight. so yeah that's where my bracket went, <laughs> went gotcha. wrong. i was like oh great i'm gonna have three of the final four. Oh wait no i was a big homer and yeah well, guys it happens. And here's you the thing. You gotta do. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I don't even want to talk about my bracket. I don't even give a crap. That's, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's banished to the land of wind and ghosts. That's not a thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it and, or acknowledge that it exists. Uh, as we speak right now, Oregon State, the, the team that I have placed my Cinderella hopes on, honestly, is uh, they're playing Houston. They're not looking super hot in this first half. Uh, <laughs> I'm just checking the score right now. It's uh, 31 to 17 uh, with about two minutes left in the first half. Not ideal for, for Cinderella to try to make it to the ball. Um, later tonight, they're going to have Arkansas and Baylor. You know, it's hard for me to really get excited about any of these teams outside of Oregon State just because they're so highly or so lowly ranked. They have such a you know high seating. Um, and then, of course, you've got UCLA. that's also sitting plus 10, but like, I don't know, man. Not only can, is it hard to get excited about UCLA as an underdog just because they're UCLA. And I, I know UCLA isn't the program that they've been in the past, but it's still a blue blood. And then, of course, they're coached by, you know, the traitorous Mick Cronin. So, like, I want them to beat Michigan. I think that would be hilarious and fun. But right now it just feels like the tournament is kind of doing what it always does, which is to reach the equilibrium maybe they did it around later than it normally does but you know by the time you get to the elite eight final four it's a bunch of one seeds and two seeds you're gonna have three one seeds in this tournament in this yeah. final four right like it's, yeah I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and pencil michigan gonzaga and baylor pretty much into the final four you know and that's and, but that's the thing though right because that's what everybody was saying were the top teams going into this thing yeah. and then there was a huge gulf between them and everyone else and 
you know, as, as exciting as those first rounds can be when you see these upsets, you're like maybe this will be different. It, it seems like that's not usually the case that these teams that we suspected were the best teams in the country, in fact, are the best teams in the country. And then the tournament bears that out. So, well, and people were making a lot out of, Oh my gosh, the PAC 12 is so much better than expected because they had half of the elite eight. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty, you know, that's great. Yeah. Good, good, good for them. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, are we going to end up with even one of them in the final four? Uh, signs point to no, yeah. because uh, assuming Michigan advances and Baylor and Gonzaga do their thing, as I expect, then that leaves, as you mentioned, Oregon State. However, comma, Houston is currently putting the, the boots in them. So yeah, they're putting the screws down. And it's, yeah. you know, and it, like I said, I want to see the upsets. I root for that to happen every year, but I'm just not super confident. UCLA look pretty damn good in their last i will say that they if there is a team that has a shot to take down michigan michigan is not invulnerable ohio state be michigan ohio state that's, be michigan that's true yeah that's a, so that's a fine point you make my friend yeah so i and you know had forgotten about that right and ucla nearly blew it against alabama could not hit a free throw to save their lives but then they you know ucla came back strong in overtime and beat the absolute hell out of their opponents and i mean that was an interesting game that ucla bama game because on on one hand you know it's funny it's kind of pick so many of these tournament games i'm like it's pick your poison we were watching the michigan oh, sure. florida state game and and at the beginning at the very beginning when i said to my wife this is one of those root for the asteroid type games and <laughs> and then you know we we put on ucla alabama and i'm like god i don't want alabama to be good at two sports so <laughs> so you know heck with that noise but, you know, I have a hard time. Like, I'm not a big McCronin fan either. No. And nobody's going to confuse him for the Wizard of Westwood. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm like, all right, which of these things? So I, I reluctantly sided with the Bruins there. Yeah. And then, and then here again, you're like, oh, God, do I really want? So an 11 seed over Michigan would be hilarious. So I guess in this case, you know. It would ride, be very funny. Right. Ride hard with UCLA. Do I see it happening? Probably not. Probably. I mean, it's possible. Well, You're right. They looked okay. I mean, they looked pretty good. They 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 just took down a two seed that they did. You know, people were talking about it at one juncture in the season. Maybe could have gotten up into the one seed because everybody was in love with Alabama. Sure. Uh, and Bama was playing yeah. well. It's not like they were just kind of limping their way into the you know the later rounds of the Sweet Sixteen. They were they were playing pretty darn well, and UCLA took it to them. Can I can I tell you what really frosted my ass about the the tournament this weekend? Do you yeah. do you want to know? Yes, Oral freaking Roberts, man. Oh jeez! Like, come on, you goons! Good lord! Like, talk about choking it away. Had that had that game in hand. That was so bad. In hand. Oh, I was so terrible. Mad. No, it was. So was I'm it like, was come on, guys! If you're gonna put them. my team out, you've got to have at least the courtesy to make it past something called Arkansas. Like, come on, the you're killing me. Yeah, every every bit of that finale was just trash from it them was. and and again you know when you were your team that really is basically sitting around two players right like that's gonna happen you're gonna like yeah. it's a team sport you're gonna screw up you're gonna do yeah. some stupid crap um i just you know let me put it this way the, what i'm looking for what i hope for right now is a miraculous oregon state comeback not gonna happen but that's what i want arkansas baylor i don't i mean fine i'll take the the lower seed over the higher seed i'll take arkansas to beat baylor on that that's i'm okay with that because you know they're still it's a basketball school they i mean they enjoy their basketball down there you but like this is the problem because outside of oregon state okay you're rooting for the upsets fine but you're, you're rooting for usc and ucla 
as your upset specials, that's going to make you feel good about the tournament. This, this ain't Loyola Chicago. That's what I'm saying. About, right. Like, like, <laughs> and, and, right. And when I wrote that guide, I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to root for lower seeds, don't root for lower seeds that everybody knows. I don't give a crap about USC. Ooh, USC's really got a, <laughs> their fan base has been hoping for some victories. Like, I get that they haven't succeeded in football the way they wanted to. And, you know, they're not a traditional basketball school, but that isn't fun. That isn't interesting to see USC or UCLA in the final four. And neither is it for Michigan. Gonzaga, I can almost give a pass just because they haven't won it yet. Right. And Mark Few has basically had this multi-decade, you know, journey to try to win this damn tournament. Um, but yeah, it's, it's slim pickings, man. And, and, well, it's Outside funny because I was State. sitting ready to get here and make my like, you know, unbold prediction of the tournament in, in saying that, and, and I was almost going to say this word for word, look, Gonzaga is winning this thing. It's obvious. They're, oh, going they're, to walk, they're so much better thing. than everybody else. It's crazy. But then you, then you just said that about few and his, like, oh, right. You know, <laughs> I've actually made it a point, Andy. Thing. Yeah. I've actually made it a point in past years no matter how good Gonzaga has looked and how high, like they've been one seeds before uh, I've made it a point. In my brackets never to put them past like the elite eight, basically <laughs> because Mark Fuse only made one final four his entire career. And, and that's not to say he's a bad coach. He's an excellent. No, coach. quite the opposite, but it's like crazy that, and, and that's where they just know, fall apart. I kind of lose my cramp a little bit with people who are ready to like burn Chris Holtman in effigy on the, Oh, sure. I, I mean, I get we're going into year five and you're ready to see an elite eight or a sweet 16, yeah. you know, at least a sweet 16. I, I, I get that. I get Well, that. and they should have I, had at least a six, sweet 16 this yes, year. I, I, I still I, don't I think concur, that's excusable. I concur with your assessment. However, comma, like, look, gang, you know, you've got this guy who has won his conference every year, but two Yeah, since 1999 <laughs> has insane. lost. I, I mean, has lost no more than three games in any season <laughs> okay i mean i'm hilarious that is actually in his, in his, actually I'm about in his, in his conference i should let me clarify in his yeah, yeah but that's still freaking hilarious you know that's and, and I, I mean his worst record like scanning down through this his worst record and since 1999 is 23 and 11 good lord <laughs> like talk about a 23 and 11 and he still won his conference and yeah. you know it was a first round exit but 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 this cat has been to what did we determine like two two final fours i think just one final four and that's when they were the the national runner-up i believe no it's not even no it's not even it's it's uh it's not even a final four right it's like it's two elite eights i guess two elite eights no they they were the national runner-up one year though right yeah 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 there you go yeah so one final four yeah you're right one final four two elite eights yeah Uh, other than other than final four so three three elite eights total one final four there you go Like, like Wow. You know, since 99 yeah. and nobody's asking to, to fire Mark few. And this in is a career eight thirty five coach. Like that's how hard it is. So my point, if people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, that's <laughs> how hard it is. It's really hard to get to the final four. It's really damn hard. And here's the thing, as much as I would hate to say it, it also puts in perspective how really good Michigan basketball has been Gosh. over the past decade. They have been in, I would argue the top, like, one or two basketball programs like granted they haven't won a championship and and that's gonna knock it down in a lot of people's eyes but just in terms of consistency and their ability to like get really far in the tournament i really don't know what else you compare against them even duke like Duke didn't make it this year michigan's in the lead eight so i i i don't know i mean it's 
they are really good and it sucks because I thought that maybe with Juwan Howard, they would take a step back or something because this guy has never been a head coach. And then I was like, wait, Ryan day exists. So maybe it doesn't really matter. And he's just kept the ball rolling, man. He's, he's done an excellent job. So high state's got to be able to try to match that. And I know people are upset with Chris Holtman and he's got a lot of work to do, but um, it's tough out there, man. <laughs> that's, that's really the moral of the story. It is tough out there. And yeah, yeah good. But your your point, I mean, yeah, looking at Michigan's appearances, like, yeah, it does it does rankle that they've been in the Sweet Sixteen. What? So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six times in the past decade. Yeah, man. I mean, so they, that 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 does grind my gears. They're good. They're really, 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 really good. And you know, it, you you can catch them in the regular season or even in the conference tournament, but they've been locked in on March Madness. And that's what you want to see out of Ohio State. So hopefully Holtman and company can get the Buckeyes to that point. Here's something that I thought was really interesting. So, you know, we talk about, you know, Ohio State's still a pretty damn good basketball program. Michigan's obviously a really good basketball program. Big 10 in general, I know they took some lumps in this tournament, but in general, Big 10's a very, very, very good basketball conference. What's funny to me, though, is that we look at this and we're like, all right, what are the traditional powers of the Big 10 in terms of basketball? You got your Michigan State's, you know, Michigan now is making a claim on that. Illinois in the past has had an unbelievable run. High State's doing its thing occasionally. Where's Indiana? And so Indiana has had this just unbelievable soap opera of trying to figure out who's going to be their coach, who's going to be in charge, who's going to, you know, figure out what's going to happen. And I just, look, I think that Indiana is still the sleeping giant that if they can somehow institutionally figure out what they're doing, they can be a very, very, very good basketball program. Again, there's so much talent in the area. Like that's the thing about the Midwest is that is really underestimated in, in college basketball. I think it's just the plethora of talent that's all over the place. People love basketball in this part of the country, Indiana with its pedigree and its location can weaponize a lot of that. So, you know, they got rid of, you know, their, their outgoing coach, right? They got rid of Miller. They bring in Mike Woodson. Interestingly enough, you know, Thad Mata, who is somebody with a lot of connections to the state of Indiana, obviously, uh, was bandied around as a head coach for various things. And, and I thought, honestly, and I don't know how you felt about this, Andy, I really thought a lot of these interviews, quote unquote, that he was doing with programs was basically just to make sure that he could keep up his severance right from Ohio state, which yeah. stipulated that he had to be actively looking for a job. I'm like, okay, this dude's going to take some fun trips to USC or, you know, maybe Athens, Georgia and chill out for a weekend and then come back and then collect his millions of dollars, which frankly I would, uh, <laughs> but he's going to be, so my, he's not going to be the head coach, but he is, uh, I guess what they're calling an associate athletic director for men's basketball administration. That's a bit of a mouthful, but it seems I think that's a really, really smart move on the part of Indiana. They're bringing in as many people as they can to try to shore this thing up. And Thad Mata, you know, he's got drop foot, but his brain still works pretty damn well. And I think it's an ideal situation for him. Yeah, I mean, I think this is brilliant for them, for, for Indiana. And they need, you know, they need some juice. And in, in clearly, yeah. you know, people went into this, I think, in the – in the mindset, people meaning Indiana fans, into the mindset that they were getting Brad Stevens, which I think oh, you sure. probably which agree was stupid. never going to happen in a million right. years for a hundred different reasons. Yeah. And so, like when you start out with those kind of expectations as a fan base, 
you know, everything is going to be disappointment. Everything other than that is going to be disappointment. So they, mm-hmm. they started out with that. Uh, so I, I think it's a brilliant hire for them. I also think it's, it's great for him because it lets him, you know, be at a, a basketball blue blood, uh, or, or, or at least a once upon a time blue blood, uh, you know, obviously he has, you know, as you said, incredible knowledge of the game and, and is, is brilliant and should be, uh, in a just world should be still coaching at a high level today. Uh, right. and, and so maybe it takes off some of the, the stress and pressure of, having to do the recruiting and so on and putting his body through that grind of being out on the road and recruiting and, uh, and just the, the, the grind. I mean, coaching at the D one level is a grind, right? It like, is, yeah. and it's not just the recruiting aspect of it, but it's your 24 seven. I mean, you hear about it all the time. Um, what the life is like of being a D one coach of, of a revenue sport. So I, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful to see him back in sport. You know, certainly there's a part of me that's, that's got a, a bit of jealousy. That's like, damn it. He should be at Ohio state as, yeah, you know the senior associate uh, athletic director of basketball happiness, but <laughs> but you know if you he ain't think, gonna be here, do you think they would do something like that at Ohio State? I, well, I, I mean, I that, isn't that what they did with Urban Meyer, right? When he when he left, you know, that we made up in essence an, an, an AD role to keep him from going and coaching somewhere kind else. Of. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think that's a good point. I yeah, I think that's fair. I I, I actually think though that Thad Mata's to me that was a largely ceremonial role. That was to look over Ryan Day's shoulder and make sure you know. I don't even know that I think it was that much. I think it was just like, because you don't want him out there freelancing. Right. Well, like, you know, you keep him somewhat occupied. Yeah. He's not showing up at an SEC school or he's not showing up at Notre Dame. or He's not showing up at USC or somewhere. And, and and you know what? Hey, it worked great. You know, like uh, doing that in Fox sports, you know, this is not, we, we no longer have to worry about our guy showing up across the field from us somewhere else you know mm-hmm. so i th- th- that part i love so yeah i mean the other thing i would say about it too is think about it this way like i remember you know years ago um when i first started paying attention to the team like they would talk about that you know john cooper earl bruce those guys were still around the program in some way or they're in there teaching the coaching class sometime or they're you know somehow rattling around the building so there's something to be said for keeping your your, your head coaches of yesteryear, you know, close at hand, or at least, you know, with some relationship to the program. Right. Like, so I, to me, I think the ceremonial AD positions, yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Yeah. Hell, why not? You know, give it well, up. As long as it's not going to cause problem with the current head coach, right? Like right. it's going to cause some friction, then yeah, you don't do it. If it's a distraction, you don't do it, but I think, but see, that's the thing. I think Thad is going to have a larger role than that. I oh, think totally agree. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Very and, much. So. And, and if, if that's the case, they just want to like keep him around. I think that's a waste of his talents. I, I think he really will be essentially like an associate uh, coach and, and, you know, he may not be on the sidelines or anything like that, but he will do a lot of work for them uh, probably in terms of like scouting and in terms of analysis and all that kind of stuff. And he, you know, it's incredibly smart for Indiana to do this, to bring that guy on and to have him like, just be able to pick his brain is, is just really, really, it's a good move on Indiana's part. And I appreciate, you know, I understand some people may not be super happy over there with Mike Woodson being hired, but I appreciate the fact that Indiana is like, they've got a certain level of give a damn. Like they are really, really all in on trying to fix this thing. And they, it may blow up in their faces. It absolutely may do that. But, you know, if the reason why I'm saying this, the reason why I'm thinking about this is that if you're a Michigan fan, you know, and you're looking at what's going on with the football team. And it's just this lethargic, you know, kind of lackadaisical approach to just hope that a, a fabled Michigan man will emerge and then help you out. 
versus Indiana, which is, I think, still kind of, you know, got their heads up their ass about, you know, <laughs> we got to have a guy from the inside who knows how Indiana works to make sure that this guy can be successful. I, I still think there is some of that. Um, I mean, you know, that's just that's just part of their makeup. But I also appreciate that they, um, you know, they're looking for intelligent, like, backup to make sure that there, there's an infrastructure there to help you know, the coach exceed and Mike, you know, and Mike Woodson, like he's not, you know, he's no chump. Like the dude knows his stuff. He's been around for a very long time. As I say, my impression is that, you know, in terms of basketball brain, he's pretty yeah. well vetted. You know, I think it's, it's, he doesn't have, uh, you know, a, a name brand, so to speak, like you, some of the coaches that they were talking about right. talking to. Uh, so maybe Thad Modic gives you some of that. You've got some star power now. And then, you know, maybe that calms down some of your, your boosters who are freaking out that this isn't, you know, a Bobby Knight 2.0 hire. Uh, or actual Bobby Knight. Or I'm sure. Knight, yeah. I'm sure a number of their their boosters were like, well, he's still around. You never know. He, hey, he and Gene Katie were watching the tournament together. I oh never one of my uh one of my one of my friends on um, Facebook is a, a longtime Purdue booster and, and I should say at a um uh, what do I want to say transparency, I guess. I've got sheepskin on the wall from both Indiana and Purdue. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Katie, um, Facebooked or tweeted or Instagrammed or something, or one of his handlers did anyway, picture of him and Bobby, you know, watching the tournament together. I'm like, my gosh, <laughs> you know, on the one hand, they're combined about 387 years old, but, but two, like, can you imagine, <laughs> you imagine those two watching basketball together, like as retirees, well, uh, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. Uh, maybe like ten or twelve years ago. Speaking of which, by the way, I mean Thad Mata's record: eighteen and nine versus Purdue, and twelve and eleven versus Indiana yeah, and Ohio State. So that's kind here's of- the other thing, real quick about Thad Mata because we're gonna get into football and, and spring practice and all that. But real quick about Thad Mata, it is, it still blows my mind. This guy's fifty three years old. Yep. Like it is such a crime that the guy just physically could not continue his career the way he wanted to continue. Let's say Ohio State want to get rid of him. Fine. It's just, to me, so incredibly sad that a guy that, first of all, just as a human being, that yeah. fun and entertaining and legitimately cool and, and like a good dude would have to basically give up his profession like that because of a physical ailment caused by a surgery, not like anything that he did wrong or anything like that. It was just this botched surgery and it just sucks ass. Like he, he should be coaching and mm-hmm. I I am sad that he's not, and that's maybe why I'm excited about this move because at least I'll get to see him in and around basketball as opposed to like you know sitting on a you know a hoverboat in the Everglades and, and drinking Pabst or something. Which I mean, frankly, is what I what I kind of thought. Like my impression just from yeah side tidbits <laughs> yeah. you read or things you hear on the street or whatever is that he was enjoying living that life. Uh, so and good for him. Know. And if that's what he wants too, that's great. But I just, you know, it just sucks. You didn't get to see him in basketball. Oh anymore. yeah. That's why I said earlier, you know, and adjust a long career ahead of him coaching in the sweet 16 right about now, you know, yeah, or the elite yeah. eight right about now. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes with Indiana. I mean, again, they're the blue blood that, you know, maybe isn't quite so blue anymore, but the big 10 has got a lot of stuff going on and we'll see what happens with the rest of the tournament. So another thing that we should talk about, of course, is spring football. We've, I think we're about five or so practices in, which is awesome. That's it's new. It's something we haven't seen in a little bit. I know Ryan day is super stoked about that. He just will not stop repeating that he, he needs that time with his players and how excited he is to have it. 
And there's a lot going on, obviously, in terms of quarterback. And that's the thing everybody's going to be looking at. I want to sidestep quarterback this week. And I want to focus on two other things. And I want to know which one you think is maybe more important. So between running back and linebacker, which of those two positions do you think Ohio State really needs to solidify coming out of spring? I'm I'm very more. Much, I know that I know both, but like yeah, no, no, between no. the two, of, which of, one of those two is more important? It's it's linebacker for me, and and, and yeah. the reason I say that is, I I have the utmost faith that Ohio State will be able to run the football against whomever uh, up until they prove otherwise, right? Like they have yeah. not everybody is is Zeke Elliott, but if you look at Trey Sermon, hell, half the season last year we didn't think much of Trey Sermon, then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, he goes off in the postseason, and you're like, oh damn, he's pretty good, you right. know? So I, I think as long as Ohio state continues to be an offensive line driven program, and I think they will be, uh, I think the talents there, you know, are, are we suddenly going to have a Heisman trophy winning running back? I don't know if I'm ready to make that bold production, but that's, that's why to me, it's the linebacker core. I, I really need to see the silver bullets, uh, as the silver bullets, you know, I, I, and, and that some of that is, uh, more, you know, my concerns or questions stem more from the the secondary. Um, that's yeah. the unit I really want to see step up. But, but of those two, uh, very much interested to see what Al Washington's guys look like here coming out of spring. Yeah, the reason why I say that for linebacker and, and running back is because of those two, like you're looking at a huge turnover in and huge and and not just like talent and, and starters but just reps in general and you know at the secondary you've got to figure some stuff out but you've got guys who've played a decent amount of, of playing time right and even at quarterback you don't have a lot of snaps there but you've got guys who've been in the program for a while i am just really interested to see what they do with the depth that they have or lack of depth that they have at linebacker and running back in general i mean you've got master teague obviously but is he the dude is he the guy that you're saying well if all else fails we've got you know our all-american running back master t i don't think anybody's saying that so i'm just really fascinated to see what they do with the spring to try to get some of these guys up to speed and i'm with you man like i think linebacker more so than running back is really the one that they've got to focus on locked down because at running back you've got first of all you've got a lot of talent coming in and, and some talent coming back but with linebacker, I just feel like it's one of those positions that is going to be so crucial to keep the rest of the defense afloat. And really, I mean, people would complain about like, you know, tough Borland or whatever. Well, tough Borland is not like a dummy. Like he, he would make plays that was in spite of his athleticism. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you gotta be a smart dude. You gotta have somebody who can. That's the quarterback of the defense, his, man. Yeah. Know? And it's just, you're, I think Ohio State fans are going to miss some of that. They're going to miss a guy in that that part of the defense who can diagnose and understand plays and do that quickly. And Pete Warner, great player. Baron Brown, great player. Justin Hilliard came on really strong at the end of the year. You're going to miss that. And I mean, that's the that's the core of that unit. You lost five guys. Yeah, uh, four guys. I mean, four guys who were. I mean, that was the unit. Right. That was the, the unit. Thing. How much playing time do you have when you 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 go and look at the the guys that are in the the 2018 2019 recruiting classes who are now the upperclassmen in that unit? How much playing time do they have cumulatively? Yeah, not, not, not a truckload. Not a lot. 
Well, not a lot coming back anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the right. the one the guys who are now the upperclassmen in that unit, how much cumulative playing time do they have? It's not a huge amount. No. I so mean, Mitchell Mitchell's <laughs> probably the guy with the most snaps on there. I I don't know. I, I yeah, but maybe down. and that's the thing though. Like maybe on like special teams and stuff like that, right? Like in, in yeah, what yeah, kind yeah. of game right. situations are you looking at where it's like okay, I had to deal with this offense and then they brought in this guy and now I had to adjust to this and identify that. Like that's, that really is what's so critical. I think about both game reps and as Ryan day said, you know, getting them practice time in the spring and summer, here's the other thing. And this is what I find really interesting is that, you know, Al Washington, right. Decided to stay at Ohio state has the contract in front of him says no. And throws it into a ball and, and into the, you know, it crumples into a ball, throws it in the fireplace in front of him and broods. Um <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it, this dramatic thing. Well, great. You you got what you wanted, and I got what I wanted because I wanted Al Washington to stay. I think he's a great coach, but now you gotta now you gotta really put in some work <laughs> because as much work as it would have been to have to transition to Tennessee, that's no picnic. You've got a lot of stuff you got to figure out here at Ohio State, and I think he's up to the job. He's he's great defensive mind. Knows you know players really like him. He knows what he's doing. Um, but there's some work to put in. And, you know, it's just funny to me because if the linebackers don't perform up to snuff, what's going to happen with Ohio State fans? They're going to be so angry at Al Washington. Should have signed that contract, buddy. (laughs) Should have head down to Tennessee because that's just how it works. That's the level of expectations that Ohio State fans have. And, you know, frankly, when you're recruiting like you've been recruiting and the players that you have, uh, it's kind of understandable. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, and that, a I mean, lot of pressure. Is, like I hadn't thought about you know his decision to stay or go in, in that context at the time. Yeah, but yeah, I mean now looking at it, it 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 is interesting that he you know made the choice to stay, knowing what percentage of of the snaps uh, right. were <laughs> exactly. walking out the door. You know? Exactly. So, and, and the expectations that Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee is a whole ridiculous thing itself, but you probably didn't have quite the same pressure, at least the same type of pressure at mm-hmm. Tennessee as you would at Ohio state to produce immediately. The linebackers at Tennessee or the defense in general at Tennessee wasn't super hot. Cause he wasn't just gonna be the linebackers coach. Right. Um, you know, the defense at Tennessee wasn't super hot first year. I don't think anybody would have been super angry at him, but now you've got a situation where people expect immediate results from a defensive unit that is critical to Ohio state success this coming season. So we'll see how he handles that. We'll see how the players handle that. I think they'll be good, but I also Mm -hmm. think people may forget what uh, really smart linebacker play looks like from a lot. I mean, just, you know, think about Justin Hilliard, right. Being, (laughs) being in the program for like 500 years, it does have its perks and does uh, confer some uh, experience in a lot of different ways that is hard to replicate. Um, so that's interesting. And the other thing that I thought was kind of cool here, we got tracer and we got a lot of these players, right. They're, they're ramping up for the NFL draft and there's been some drama around, uh, Justin Fields and where he might end up falling. And that's going to be a whole thing. Uh, I, I, I can see honestly right now, man, I can, I can feel it coming that there's just going to be a ridiculous amount of drama and that's what they're going to be pumping up, uh, during the, uh, the, these, the first these ratings round, don't make sense. themselves man you know these, these 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 draft day ratings don't make themselves we got no have... they don't so that's going to be <laughs> these a whole clicks thing. don't generate themselves johnny <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't gotta get out there and make, make it rain that's right 
So I, in this case, it'll be uh, who Justin Fields ends up falling to or whatever they decide to end up doing with that. I, I, I mean, look, Kyle Jones sold me why why I feel you know San Francisco needs to yeah. needs to make it happen. And yeah. like to me, you know, and I'm 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 a big fan of Justin Fields, so I guess that's where my bias lies. But th- this is too obvious, too obviously good an idea for San Francisco not to do it. You know, like come on. <laughs> <laughs> well you know maybe jones Bengals is just fan, that good I, of a writer you know i don't know yeah it, the thing is just as a Bengals fan i just I, I never have the faith that any nfl team will make the correct decision at any point in time They're you have gonna... been conditioned you know you have been conditioned though of course you know i i say that uh as the avowed steel the self um admitted steelers fan in right in, on the staff and I've been trying to get the Steelers to draft uh, an Ohio State quarterback as Big Ben's replacement for for a while now. I told, thought they should get Cardell Jones. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they should get Dwayne Haskins. And look, you know, Dwayne Haskins is on on the roster at least for a minute. So lo and behold, I didn't I didn't expect it to to, to uh, work out quite this way. But I was right. calling for it. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. The NFL front offices didn't call and ask my opinion either. So what are you going to well, do? Yeah. Hey, I, uh, I can do it at least as well as some of these schlubs, right? Well, right. That's and that's the thing. Sometimes it's just like they're throwing darts at a board, and um, probably for less money. <laughs> slightly less, yes. I would imagine, yes. Uh, so Trace Sermon. But... Well, yeah. Well, and Trace Sermon, real quick. So one of the things uh, that we have on the site here that I think is just one quick note before we kind of move on, which I think is really fun is at Ohio State's Pro Day, right, which will be going on as this is uh, published on Tuesday, um, he will be uh, raising some money for his mother's uh, foundation, Rise by Faith, which is, um, to, you know, it, it's, a, it's a nonprofit organization that helps uh, with people who are domestic violence victims and people who need, like, assistance services for, like, bereavement and whatnot. So I think that's awesome. I love that he's doing that. First of all, I love that he's getting, you know, back in action, right? Like he's healthy enough to do that, yes. kind of stuff, which I think is awesome. But also I just really love that. That's kind of a thing. Like I remember last year, right. When the NFL draft was all virtual and the, they basically had a giant uh, silent auction, right? The NFL mm-hmm. had this enormous silent auction, raised millions of dollars for charity that you can weaponize these events to do so much good for the community. And I, I love when I see players and organizations do that. That's so cool that Trey Sermon and his mother are doing it. Um, so I would recommend checking it out and, and maybe trying to kick in and help out if you can, because that's that's awesome. That's really great. I love to see that. Yeah. So that's cool. And and I, I hope the NFL, I, I just was kind of amazed, honestly, that they hadn't done something like that before. Um, or maybe they did. I just didn't notice. But um I, I hope they do it again because that was cool as hell. That, seriously, other, that was like a positive thing I can say about the NFL and, and a decision that they made. The other thing that I, I speaking of, of, so this is tangentially related to Pro Day, but looking ahead to the draft, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to see Tommy Togiai throwing down the gauntlet. Oh, right. He's yeah. going to try to set the record 50 bench press reps I'm uh, to, to raise money for Ohio State's Life Sports Initiative, which is... I, I really don't want to jinx it, but I'm, I'm, I'm like... I'm a little scared, but Hey, you know, it's, 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 it's for a good, it's for a good reason. So it's for a good cause for a good cause, you know, and he was cagey about it, you know, back in January that he, he, he might try to break, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, but master Yoda got to him and said, you know, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> so 
things are happening. It's we're moving towards April, which is is just wild to me, honestly, at this point. It is so amazing that we're this feels it just feels like it should not be this far in the year, but it is. So we've got more spring practice coming up. We've got the NFL draft coming up. There's all kinds of really cool stuff, even if Ohio State isn't still dancing as they should be. We'll, we'll, we'll still get into it. So we're going to do some Ask Us Anything. But before we do that, let's uh, remind you that the 11 Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, everything. Here's the thing. It's going to be like... 20 degrees in a couple of days and then like 70 <laughs> degrees a couple of days after that, which tells me that you should buy both warm things in the store and cool weather things at the store so that you can just have everything in your closet, 11 warriors merchandise, just so you're prepared in any eventuality, right. That might happen. Um, so that's, you know, just check it out. I this is the it. thing that I love about this time of year. I'm standing at the, the, the uh, crosswalk to pick up the little tyke after school today and mm. I'm there, you know, basically in, in a, a short sleeve, you know, polo shirt type deal. And yeah. the guy next to me, you know, has on like three layers, one of which is a puffy North face jacket and <laughs> like a toboggan hat. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's spring in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to be prepared for anything. You really do. Mm. Um, so let's do some, ask us anything. You can ask us anything. And I mean, literally, literally anything. We love to answer any question that's on your mind at the moment. Go ahead. Get on your phone, get on your, your emails, whatever device you use to send them. I don't know. Passenger pigeon, carrier pigeon, passenger pigeons are all dead. Carrier pigeon, I, you know, whatever. Use your T183 calculator, TI-83 calculator from Texas Instruments. Send it <laughs> to dubcast at 11warriors.com. I was trying to think of other obscure devices that you might do it. Uh, your Nokia cell phone from 2001. Um your Game Boy Color from 1996. What else? What's another device? Making it old school. Your BlackBerry. Did we roll out BlackBerry yet? BlackBerry. Yeah. Your uh, your your my Palm first Pilot. smart. My first. Oh no, I had. I started to say BlackBerry was my first smart device, but no, you're right. I had a Palm Pilot, like a Palm Pilot. There you go. Five. I can't remember if it was a V or a five, but but the Palm Pilot either V or five, whichever. I can't remember what the marketing was on that. If that was a Roman <laughs> numeral or not, but your beeper you know <laughs> i was reminiscing about beepers the other day actually i my, my mom had a beaver she was uh she is a nurse but she was nursing like at a hospital at the time they gave her a beeper and it's like the late 90s and i thought it was the coolest thing in the history of the universe i used it to um to get sports scores while we were out like i'm, shopping. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, take, <laughs> I'm gonna take you one back like the other night i'm just like not not doom scrolling because it's whatever the equivalent of that is on my apple tv uh-huh. and i'm cycling through things and i think it was on hbo max or something like that i came across uh the west wing which is a tv show that i love mm-hmm. uh, just the dialogue i just aaron sorkin writes great dialogue it's not at all real world dialogue like people don't actually talk oh, like yeah no one would but the, the a few good men is my favorite movie of all time and so the, naturally i love the west wing it's the same it's the same shtick right so right you know one of the first two episodes of the season might must have been the second episode of the first season there's this um you know extended bit where sam seaborn the rob lowe character is um has has had intimate carnal relations with a woman he met at a bar Mm -hmm. and when they depart each other's company the next morning they swip swipe uh swap pagers 
Oh, and so like it's a big part of the storyline is that you know fantastic he has her pager and vice versa i'm like wow that that takes you right back yeah it does that's great did you ever have a pager i never had a pager no good no i i mean i had uh i started driving when i was like 16 and uh i got a cell phone soon thereafter in case i was like stranded somewhere or something and it was and it was like a a, a big you know motorola uh, oh yeah it was a nokia and it oh was, you had a nokia oh that's fancy yeah, it was like yeah. a brick you know it was yeah but a small brick and I, it I, had, had a uh, motorola brick with a little flip you know it was like a little little flimsy flip mouthpiece yeah i didn't even have that it was just a singular welded piece of plastic mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was indestructible and it had blackjack on it and it had snake and i don't need 25 cents I per time yeah mine had snake and i think we had a cumulative uh like 25 minutes for everyone in the household like back then that was how you, <laughs> yeah, you know right at so many minutes per month god i forgot about that yeah so you like 25 minutes like the only you should only use this phone if like your vehicle is <laughs> in the lake and right. you are personally on fire right and even uh, then like think about borrowing somebody's phone think, <laughs> think about it really hard yeah because because overage is you know <laughs> it's bad it's like dialing a one one nine hundred number, you know, if you went over your twenty five minutes. Ridiculous <laughs> phones are so dumb. Uh, so yeah, if you want to send us questions, please do so on your Sega Game Gear. You know, throw in about twenty different AA batteries and, and send us uh, an email. Our uh, our question here, we've got a question from our good friend Alvin this week, and Alvin wants to know uh, what did you miss most during this COVID fatigue time period, or in other words, once quote everything opens back up later this year hopefully knock on wood what is the one thing you will do first i'm, I'm going to give a shout out to uh to, in, in answering this question i'm going to preempt it by giving a shout out to the ohio state university wexner medical center and the people at the jerome schottenstein center oh, hell yeah who are running the shot at the shot vaccine clinic uh you know since the march 29th uh, everybody in in the state of ohio more or less is uh eligible to get a shot I got uh, first shot at the shot and I have to tell you, uh, I rolled in there 10 minutes after seven Monday morning, Eastern daylight time. And I was back in my car at about seven 35. I mean, it Fantastic. was tw- 25 minutes practically. Uh, and 15 of that was the required time while right. you sit there and they observe you to make sure you don't turn purple or, you know, it, your arm fall off or whatever. So I, I just think that was poetry and public health, how efficient, the university uh, medical center staff and everybody else who's involved in that. I know getting scheduled has been a headache for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but my, my hats off to the folks at Ohio state who ran that um, they're, they're doing the Lord's work. And well, I was really you know, my hats off to the people who are, are getting it done too, who are deciding to schedule on site. We had like, I think I was looking in the news. I said something like three and a half million people like average per day getting that stuff done like let's, let's go let's get her, go get her, let's yep, get, get her out. done get her done and uh yeah so happy about that very very excited um that that it went so well i just yeah. i think i knowing that it was going to be a huge site you know as opposed to like just being able to walk down the street to my local uh like we have a cvs down on the corner i don't think they're a vaccine location but i was like oh man it'd be great if i could just walk down to cvs you know and get my shot and walk you know, the block and a half home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like nervous as knowing that they're vaccinating thousands of people at this, how bad's it going to be? Oh, it was so, so efficient. So really, really impressed there. All right. So to your question, like one of the things, this is going to be really, I, I don't know if other people are like this or not, but I I've been a work from home guy 10 years 
Uh, so yeah. that was not a big change for me. COVID didn't actually change in terms of like things that you do. My day-to-day life didn't change that much um, due to pandemic and quarantine and lockdown and all that, except for I travel quite a lot for, for work, for my day job. Right. Uh, and so that I haven't been on an airplane, you know, since March 1st, 2020. That's a, that's the longest I would say in my adult life I've gone without being on an airplane. Um, so, so that, that, that was a change and, you know, impersonating a first and then second grade teacher while also (laughs) working full time, you know, that was something I wasn't prepared for, but, but our little tyke is back in school. They've gone back all in and that's all going well, knock on wood and, and, uh, you know, praise the Lord. But the thing that I miss most, because I'm a traditional extrovert is as a work from home guy, I would go, uh, and I've done this for probably 10 years. Um, I'm a waffle house junkie and I think I've oh, yeah. shared that on the, the, the show before. Uh, but so I would, I always have a waffle house. That's my waffle house, both, both places we've lived since, um, since we've been married and I go not every day, but anywhere from two to four days a week, I, I might go and have my coffee and eggs at my waffle house, whether that's sitting at the counter or in a corner booth or something. And, you know, if they're not busy, I might take my laptop and actually work there. Cause I enjoy the company of the people who work there. Wonderful people. Um, at either of, of the waffle houses I've frequented in, in my years in Columbus, um, wonderful, wonderful people. And you get on a first name basis with those folks. And, and, uh, you know, it's, that's, I guess my, like having people in your cubicles, you know, if you're working in a traditional office setting or you the water cooler talk, like that's where I would get that would be from the people I know at Waffle House. And so I really have missed that. Um, and, and, you know, that would probably be something that I would say will be something that was a, a, a thing that was missing. And it's kind of random, you know, I, I know that. No, I feel, I, I get it. That's kind of, that's kind of weird. Um, you know, we've gradually, we've gradually gotten back to doing things with the family again. So, you know, like we did, um, uh, my daughter's birthday, you know, we got together with grandma and grandpa and that had been a while since we had, you know, my folks together with Mm -hmm. them, but we kind of felt like it was, you know, it was okay. Everybody had been minding their P's and Q's and we, that was a, that was a risk we were ready to take, you know, a year in. Um, so some of those kind of things, you know, that I, I'd say we've, we've started, testing the waters on, you know, one mm-hmm. toe at a time, especially after mom got her, her vaccine, then we like, okay, oh, yeah. we, feel, we feel marginally better about getting together for that. Right. Um, so yeah. What about you? I would say, you know, I, I want to go back to the gym and, and feel, you know, confident in doing that. And I know that a lot of these places are still open. Like for instance, you know, like, I don't know, you can still go to a restaurant whenever, but it's not the same. I know exactly what you're saying, right? Like you want to be able to just kind of like, you wanted to have the normalcy. You don't want to have to make the accommodations necessarily. Like if you have to make the accommodations, like, ah, I'll just stay safe and not rather not do it. I, you know, my wife and I really like going to the movies. Like that's something that yeah. we really enjoy doing, you know, having that date night. It's just a fun thing. We both enjoy movies a lot and talking about them and being able to be in a movie theater and watch like a big, like summer, you know, summer like a big summer blockbuster. That's something that I would really like mm-hmm. to have back and i would really enjoy that and i know you know there's always something on the horizon there's always something that you can wait for and whatnot but it just it, i will be i will feel like things are a little bit back to normal when i'm sitting in a giant movie theater with a bunch of other people like watching something explode or whatever while i drink an icy you know that's just that's what i look forward to that's something that i really i want back um 
So hopefully, you know, hopefully we get that sooner than later. And, you know, Alvin, I, you know, I don't know if you're still in, I, I know that you are in the past, at least a big CrossFit guy. So hopefully the, the gym, well, the now, community- I, I, I won't, I won't cop to CrossFit just because I haven't earned that yet. Those, those <laughs> things are hardcore. I'm, I'm, sure. uh, I'm, I'm a hobby, hobbyist power lifter. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to the old school gym out in Pascala. Yeah, and, and uh, so this is one of the changes. I haven't talked to the guys to know if this is at all um covid related I, I mean imagine it probably influenced it but um dustin myers who's a great personal friend of mine and Corey gregory the guys that founded that gym uh are are both superstars but they actually announced on their social accounts here in the last week that they are they're closing the old school gym and this is the gym where oh, i really man. got into uh powerlifting in particular was at, at old school gym and love those guys well and that's that they've been a, that's an institution they've been around for a while they've yeah. been there a long time so they're transitioning to being a uh, to a private facility it's not going to be there at the at the the hangar um, yeah. in Pataskill. i don't know where their new facility is going to be i haven't talked to the guys but yeah transitioning into a private facility for wow. their elite athletes kind of an invitation only um you know elite training facility which you know great for them that they've got that kind of uh cachet that they can do that and they've sure. done a tremendous job building that business and the brand and so on but man i'm gonna miss that you know that was a great yeah man. there is something about that i mean you 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 mentioned that now i've i've accumulated enough um gear over the years you know my old house in reynoldsburg i had what i called the iron dojo and we basically had taken the four season sunroom kind of deal in the back of the house and turned it into my weight room nice uh, and it's in the garage here now it's you know it's I don't have it quite whipped into the shape I want it to be in. Um, the space is a little different than it was where I had really built the gym to the space I had and the configuration is slightly different now in the garage than it was in, in the the sunroom at the old place. So that's something that I'm, it, it's kind of a work in progress uh, to get it back to what it was, but I hear what you're saying, man, that being able to go and lift. And I know there are a lot of guys that, couple of uh the guys on our mod squad uh love our mods and there are a couple of the guys that are our fellow meatheads like like you and me um and we they talk about that quite a lot that you know yeah. if, you, if you don't have access to a place to go and lift or whatever your particular thing is right it doesn't have to be picking up heavy things maybe it's yoga maybe it's your spin class whatever it is like i get that like there's something about yeah you miss that communal aspect of it you miss the you know just yeah i don't know it's not just the work, like it's the whole kit and caboodle. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. So hopefully we can get back to normal with that sooner rather than later. And, you know, things look relatively normal. I'm not going to say things are going to be perfectly normal within the next year, but hopefully we can get close back to what we had. And that would be pretty, pretty awesome. So good on everyone for signing up, getting those, those shots taken care of. Uh, good on, uh, you know, all of our good friends who send in the questions to ask us anything. We always appreciate that. And, and good on you, Annie. This is a very good dubcast. I, I, I feel confident in this dubcast. I enjoyed it. I think it was a good one. So we will be back next week uh, discussing all kinds of things related to Ohio State sports and beyond. But until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you then.